This is Hebrews chapter 13, part 16 today, on this sixth day of April. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, when something goes haywire and you get out of your routine, you just, you, you lose what day it is, what time it is, you just, and, uh, but anyway, here we are, and I believe the Lord's going to bless us in spite of our uh, inadequacies and all our weaknesses and confusion and everything with all this technology, and I'm 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 just so honored to be gathered around God's Word with a few of God's people today, and uh, looking into the truths that He has for us that I know He's going to bless us with today, and uh, it's going to be tremendous. I believe as the Lord uh, offers truth to hungry hearts, and those hungry hearts are receptive to know truth to walk in truth and to, to, to gain more truth. And when I say truth, I'm talking about gaining Christ, more of the expression uh, because of a, a greater experience of Christ. And we've learned and we know that that comes only through the exclusive avenue of keeping our faith planted in Christ's sacrifice. We know that. We're learning that. And uh, I'm thankful for that. And the last session, uh, we discussed this phrase that's used in the last chapter of Hebrews three times. This phrase, the rule over you, the rule over you. It's important, and the Lord God put it in the last chapter of Hebrews, which is a phenomenal letter written uh, and to the church, and so... If he put it in there three times in the last little paragraph of this long letter, really not a long letter, we see how he calls it a short letter uh, here uh, at the end of the chapter. He calls it a letter in few words. But anyway, he uses this phrase, the Lord does, toward the church three times, the rule over you. And we looked at it in the last session. And we want to look at it again today and bring about, hopefully, some more uh, insight and, um, into what he's actually talking about and who they are. Because verse 7 says, Remember them which have the rule over you. In the church, the Lord intends on their being leaders, pastors, elders, praise and worship leaders, Sunday school leaders, leaders in the church. But... These leaders have the rule, and I believe this is specifically talking about those who teach the word. We'll see that here. Remember them which have the rule over you. This is verse 7. Who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation, which means the outcome of their conduct. That's what you're to follow. You're to follow their faith, the result of their faith. Those who've spoken the word of God to you and lived the word they've spoken unto you and been an example to you of the word that they've spoken unto you. And so there are those in the church who have rule. It, it's, it's a word that we don't like today. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes rulership. Even in a secular job, everybody can be buddies. And if one of those people in that group of buddies 
starts moving up and gets selected as a supervisor, a ruler over that group, in a moment's time, they're, they're against him just because of lawlessness in our nation and really all over the world. And it's really not just our nation, but it's awful here in a big way. But anybody who has the rule is going to be resisted because of a spirit of lawlessness today. Anybody who has the rule over anybody in a legitimate way is going to be rebelled against, pushed against, talked about, criticized, and that's ruling in any capacity. But he's talking about here, the Lord is showing us something in the church. That there are those in the church who have the rule over you. But it's not, it's not what it seems to be for the most part today in the church. The, the, the rulership in the church is supposed to be limited to those who have the gift to speak the word and to lead. This is the fivefold ministry mentioned in Ephesians chapter 4, who's, who speak the word of God and whose faith follows the word of God they teach and preach. And they're able to be watched and looked at doesn't mean they never make a mistake, doesn't mean they never fail. If that were the case, there, there would be nobody able to, to walk in this place of ruling over any congregation. And it is the rule over. That means to overrule, but it's always with the Word. So the Word must be in the pulpit. The Word of truth, the Word of the truth of the gospel must be in the pulpit, and that must be really the underlying uh, authority of the position of ruling over a congregation or any ministry because it, 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 it's the word that Jesus upholds all things by the word of his power. And last week we discussed how that's the word of his cross. That's, that's, that's what allowed him to be seated and to be upholding all things because of what he did at Calvary. And so let's look at this again. Verse 7 says, Remember them which have the rule over you. And that means those who are leading you. And again, if you're looking for, if you're looking for, you know, if you're looking for a devil never bush, if you're looking just waiting on your preacher, your pastor, your leader to make a mistake, well, get ready, they're going to. But, and, and, and if you need to talk to them about something, you, you should, you can, you should be able to. Uh, if you need to, but you always need to bring your Bible, not just your thoughts and your opinions, uh, but you need to bring your Bible with your questions. Uh, because listen, if you're looking, if you're looking for a perfect preacher, a perfect church, man, your job will never be over because you're never going to find them. But they're all irrelevant. God knows that, but He still set men. He still set men in the church to rule over certain peoples in certain places, congregational pastors. And now I understand that today's social media world, you can be whatever you want to be on social media. Do you realize that on social media, you can open up a page and call yourself whatever you want to call yourself, 
And don't let any of people that have known you all your life know you're doing this and reach out to thousands of other people that don't have a clue who you are, don't even know that that's not a real picture of you, have no idea that you don't have any kind of credentials, have no idea of anything about you, and you can be whoever you want to be to them on social media. Now, that's the negative side of social media. The positive side of social media is what you're hearing this morning. The truth of God's Word being presented. The realities. But if you think about it, you know, as, as went Israel in the Old Testament, so goes the church. Every act of rebellion, every re act of resistance, every falling away, every turning away to other things that happened under the old is happening in the New Testament. Even though they saw signs and wonders that our minds can't really even fully imagine, and even though we receive the Spirit of God, new hearts, uh, uh, new spirits, doesn't none of that obviously negates the possibility of us, even after we've tasted of the good Word of God, things to come, and all the things Hebrews 6 mentions there, none of that means that we can't, begin to walk after the flesh. None of that means that we can't submit to the sin nature and even go so far as throwing it all away and, 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 and just walking away and letting it all go. The Bible teaches that. So as the church under the old covenant went, so goes the new covenant church. Everything that happened is happening now and all through the ages Men and women wanted to rise up, even if it were women like Jezebel behind the scenes using her husband Ahab to, to guide the whole nation. She was doing that through him. So it doesn't matter. All human beings want to rule because we were created to rule. God created us in his image and gave us rulership over the whole earth. Now we blew that. We blew that by giving our rulership away to another ruler, and that was the devil himself. But God sent his son, and now we have his spirit, the spirit of his son, and yet we all still want to rule. We might not want to rule in the place where everybody sees us and 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 and, and, and is able to throw rocks at us. A lot of times we just want to rule. We don't want to be the person up front. We want them to be the rock catcher. And we just want to rule from back here like we're remote controlling. But we really, everybody wants to rule. And in this world today of technology, everybody can be a ruler. Anybody can be a pastor in their own mind. But God He's faithful to his word. He still sets men in places. He brings them. He brings the gospel through them. He equips them. He builds through them. Absolutely. That's what the Bible teaches. And that's why there's a lot of sofa spuds today at home. Because they're not going to submit to anybody but their own self. But the Bible plainly teaches there are those that God has given the church to have the rule over. Now, the problem with this, on the one side of the fence, is those ain't nobody ruling over me in no way, honey. I'm free. 
Well, let me just assure you, my friend, that the more liberated and free you are, that means the more liberated and free you are to obey the Word of God and find yourself uh, in alignment with the Word by the Spirit of God. That's what freedom and liberty will do for you. It won't free you up from obeying the Word. It'll free you up to live according to the Word. Hallelujah. So there's some over there talking about ain't nobody ruling over me. And then there's some over here who give many, many, many false preachers, false prophets, false teachers the, the rulership over them and will just dominate over them, lord their positions of authority over them, exploit them with their positions of authority. And let me say this, that no minister that's called of God is going to be attempting to control the people. He will be presenting the gospel, the word of God, whose faith will follow, and we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us, not some other faith. It's that faith or it's wrong faith. As we taught last night, there's only one place that faith even exists, and it is in Christ. If it's not in Christ, it's a faith that won't work. And you might say, well, I got my faith in the Word. No, the, the Word is Jesus, the living Word. You don't have the right, even as a Christian, to just open the Bible and start telling God what He's going to do for you. You have the Bible so that he can guide your feet into all truth so that you can magnify Christ and glorify your heavenly Father. And the only way that happens is if you keep your faith anchored in that which allowed him to give you that measure of faith, the place that measure of faith begin to work for you. Hallelujah. And that's in the sacrifice of Christ. Yes, we have Bible full of the word and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But listen, if it's not the faith that points us to Calvary, my friend, it's out of context. We're not seeing it right because the Holy Spirit always delivers us who are alive in Christ Jesus unto death, 2 Corinthians 4.11, so that we might be found expressing the life that only flows out of that death. Hallelujah. Only flows out of that death. Glory be to God. So watch this now. We're living in the most, and I brought that up about Israel of old because the closer they got to the coming of their Messiah for them, the fewer there were there that were even looking for him to save them from their sins. And the closer we get in this church age to the coming of the Lord to take his bride, his remnant, his church out of here, there's going to be, it's narrowing down. Many today, they're not interested in sound doctrine. They either want a social group where they just get together and talk about their families and everything. And I can tell you personally of churches like that right now. That if a preacher come in there and said, make sure you, if you want to talk about all your family things and all of that stuff, make sure you get here before church because when Sunday school starts, I want everybody engaged in a study in the Word. And when we get to the worship service, I, I want everybody to come in with, a, with an attitude of, of worship, to worship the Lord and to have your bring your Bibles to church and let's study the Word of God and worship God in our study of the Word. And, and let's hear the word of the Lord and have a desire. And I'm telling you, they, today, 
If it's them social churches, like they'd run him off. They'd run him off and get another one in there. They could they could hire to do what they tell him to do. Or you've got the others over there that that just take it far to the extreme, the other side where they just dominate, they rule, they exploit, and they you know, and all these things. But we're living in that time where things are narrowing down. They're narrowing down. There is no revival promised in the last days as many preachers talk about. That's a, that's a money-making scheme. That's a, that's a hype and emotion scheme. What's mentioned in our Bibles in the last days, let's talk about before Jesus comes, is a falling away, a great seducing, doctrines of devils invading the church, people no longer enduring sound doctrine. That's what the end of this age look like. So for all my friends, all my brothers and sisters out there proclaiming the gospel, the, the literal gospel, the word of God in its gospel context so that righteousness can be revealed and we can only in that place go from faith to faith. You just keep preaching it to stay the course because you're going to be pulled by all these others to, to, you're going to be lured away. You're going to be. They're going to attempt to lure you away into the things they've been lured away into, and we won't have it. Hallelujah. We're going to stand in this marvelous grace because God's place of rulership in and among His people is only with the word of the truth of the gospel. If it listen, if it doesn't entail, include, partake of the gospel, it's, it's a faith that's not there to follow. It's, 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 there's, a, there's not a faith there to follow. The faith that we follow that, that, that has come to us has come to us through the preaching and teaching of the cross of Christ, the word of God in its proper context. That's the only faith that can bring about the conduct that we should be able to show others the Holy Spirit working in our lives, not by some way we talk or the way we dress or how much money. No, it no, it's the gospel alone carries the power to save and to change and to continue to build the church and to <clears throat> keep us in the unity of the faith. It's only the power of the gospel, not the power of some man, not the power of some uh, denomination. It is, it is far too much holding people together today that's not the message of the cross. It's far too much holding people together today. It's only carnal if it's not the cross. It's only carnal it's not, if it's not the cross because we cannot be found endeavoring to keep the unity of the peace if we're not hearing the word of God spoken to us that has a faith that God sees He's given us to follow that changes us and causes our conduct to be seen and look like that's worth following. That's, that's the life of Christ. So remember that. Verse 7, remember them. Think about them. Don't put them away. Remember them. Now, this is not talking about all the people who have ever spoken into your life the word of God. This is talking about those who have the rule over you, a positional rule over you, a pastor, a teacher, an evangelist, a prophet, a, 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 
uh, an evangelist, whatever the fivefold gifts mentioned there in Ephesians 4, whatever they are, any one of them could be in a congregation and over a congregation. And it goes far beyond being like a CEO of a, of a business, although it's sort of like that because there's a lot of business that goes on within the church. But it, it, this is specifically talking about those who have now faith is, who have the rule over you that you can watch their lives and, and, and see that they're not only teaching and preaching the word of God, but they are following by faith the word of God that they're teaching. The way of the cross. It's the only way that your conduct will ever be what it should be. It takes the Holy Spirit to do that. And he only works within the perimeters of one's faith in, in the sacrifice of Christ. We'll be talking about that soon on our Wednesday night teachings. We're, we're discussing now being found in Christ. And one of those is Romans 8, 2. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It's a law. It's a new covenant law. And so look down now at verse 17 that says, obey them that have the rule over you. Now he's not talking about obey them whatever they say. He's talking about obey them through obeying the word they're teaching. That means don't just be sitting in the pew hearing the word but be found hearing the word and doing the word. Amen. And this, this also uh, will show us that we're not to have many, many people ruling over us. Not that I can't be blessed by him or her or someone delivering the word to me, but there, this, is a, this is, speaks of a local church. This speaks of being planted in a local church. This speaks of having someone in a position of authority, rulership over you, but not in some negative way where they come to your house and tell you you have to do this and you have to do that and take the pictures out. That's not how this works. That's not biblical. If they won't accept the word being preached, then they're not being obedient to the authority there. Think about that. God has to give the, 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 the men and women who are in rulership positions a sphere of influence. And he does that in other people. That sphere of influence that a pastor has in a local church, he, he only has that sphere of influence because God is stirring other people to hear what's being taught in that place. Amen. So, in verse 17, he tells us he goes a little further in the second time this phrase, the rule over you, is mentioned. And he says, obey them. Well, we know that we're just talking, and the Lord means spiritual, spiritual things. I'm not to tell you, uh, command you in any other thing other than just the word of the Lord in and of itself is a command. Jesus is the captain of our salvation. He doesn't ask me what I'd like to do today, which way I'd like to go. He shows up, and as the captain, he instructs me. He instructs me, and I have the word of God to receive that instruction, and I will receive it if I'm looking at Calvary. 
because there's where my heart, the only place my heart became new and the only place I can walk and it become more like him in his way of obedience. We've received grace for obedience to the faith. Romans 1.5, let me quote it again. You and I, all Christians, have received grace for obedience to the faith, to the faith that comes by hearing the Word of God. Let me quote it again. Write it down. Romans 1.5, we've received grace, the grace that Jesus tasted death by through faith in obeying the, the Word of the Lord that he had to lay his life down. We've received that grace that saved us for obedience to the faith. You understand? I hope you're getting something out of this today. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. Not to them personally, but to the word, the gospel, the word of the truth of the gospel. You're not to look at what they wear. And try to be like them and what they wear. You're, you're not to look at what they drive and try to have a vehicle like them. You're to be listening for the word of the truth of the gospel through that ministry. And you are to obey that which they're placing on the table. Because when you're experience, experiencing these truths here, this means God sees that you're obeying them. But he, he doesn't see you obeying them unless you're really being obedient to the truth that's being presented. Because he, he doesn't want a pastor guiding the people around like a dog on a leash, like many of them are treated. He, he wants the gospel being presented so that the, the rulership is through the gospel, the obedience is to him through the gospel, and, and it's really obeying them that have the rule over you. There is a rulership in the church. It doesn't matter if we like it or we reject it or not. It won't take it away. It won't remove it. I might go out there and live in the woods all by myself saying I'm not going to be a part. Ain't nobody ruling over me. But that doesn't mean there is not someone there that God has sent to rule over you, to present the gospel to you, and to the word of God in its gospel context to you so that you can be found in that walk with him through what he's doing in the church today. The church is his body, hallelujah, and he's the head. But he's put rulers, places of authority among the church. Now, I know, I know, most of it's abused. And the only way you can know if, if you're being abused is according to what they're doing with the cross of Christ. If they're not presenting that, when the word comes forth, you're being abused. You're being seduced. So let's read this whole verse now, verse 17. Obey them that have the rule over you, that means that leads you, and submit yourselves because they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy. Understand this. God knows where you're supposed to be planted. And if that pastor is aware of you, and he knows where you're supposed to be planted, he's the one that's got to give an account for your soul, whether you're causing all problems, 
congregation. Whether you're at home on the couch, and I'm not talking about people that don't <coughs> have a local church to go to, and you say, what are you talking about? There's five churches on every corner. I'm talking about those that don't have a place to be planted where the focus is the gospel. They are rare, my friend. They are rare. They might say the focus is the cross, the gospel, but it's not. And a lot of people don't have a place to be planted in the local church. They have to, they have to watch social media. Thank God for social media. They have to watch it because if they go get planted in 99% of what's out there today, they're not going to they're going to be hearing about politics, they're going to be hearing about race, they're going to be hearing about all these things that preachers will say that well if, it, if it's going to be tough, it needs to be talked about and if it's talked about it needs to be right here in the pulpit. God's people need to be talking about. No, God's people need to be presenting the word of the Lord as truth in its righteous context. The Holy Spirit can take care of everything else. And if we don't believe that, that's our trying to ease into the situation with our control, our thoughts, our wisdom. That's foolishness to God. <laughs> Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls as they that must give an account. That they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. All these folks that are not planted where they're supposed to be planted, there is a preacher somewhere, a pastor, a leader, evangelist, prophet, apostle, teacher, somebody, a fivefold gift somewhere that knows these people are supposed to be planted in his church and they're going to have to be the ones to give an account for them and it's going to be unprofitable for those who are not submitted, who are not obeying the gospel. If you're not hearing the word in the gospel context, how are you going to live obedient to it? You, you, you received grace for obedience to the faith. And if you're not hearing the message of grace from Genesis to Revelation, you're, 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 you're probably planted yourself instead of allowing the Lord to plant you where you should be planted. Now, there's many who've been planted in local churches where the authority is what it should be because the authority is really not the position. It's the gospel message that brings the authority for the position of rulership. you got to understand that. Just because a man steps into a position of pastor doesn't mean God called him either. It's the gospel message, the power of the gospel, the focus of the gospel that brings the authority of God. Hallelujah. But you don't want somebody to have to give an account. You, listen, you, you're supposed to be living according to the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you and learning all the scriptures in the light of the one who claims to be the light. Uh-huh. You're supposed to be learning all the scriptures in the light of who Christ is and what he did at Calvary. My friend, and if you're not, if you've gotten away from that, that pastor, whoever that leader is, that person of rulership and authority is going to have to give a not a good report. You thought it was just all about you at the judgment seat of Christ. No, God's got men here reporting. God's got men here giving an account, and it's not like he don't see everything and know everything. And I have to say that because I know how people are. Well, God don't need no... Uh, we got a Bible, my friend. This is, what I, this is what God knew would happen at the end of the age when his people 
would no longer endure sound doctrine. His people would turn to teachers because of their itching fleshly and carnal ears. I'm not, I see this, but I don't think it means that for me. Well, it, mean, it means exactly this for all of his people. It hasn't changed because our culture has, has changed. It hasn't changed because the church has allowed the lawlessness of the world to come into its pulpits and congregations. The word of God stands true and unmovable throughout all the ages, and we better be glad of that. Hallelujah. So we're called as ministers, those who have the rule, to give an account. And if people, if the people are causing us grief by their unfaithfulness, whether it's not to hear at all the gospel or it's to hear it and reject it, it's not, it says it's unprofitable for them. So this, mean, this, is, this is the experience of the New Covenant Church, to have a leader who's responsible, who has an authority to put the word of the truth of the gospel out. And according to what the people do with it, <coughs> and according to what the Lord sees going on in the heart of that leader, whether he's grieved because of individuals or he's got joy because of individuals, when the Bible says something is unprofitable for you, that means God's going to intervene and get involved in a way that I don't really want him to get involved in. Do you hear me? You don't want God to have to get involved in a way and cause things to happen, but he loves you enough to do it, to rip things apart where you are. Maybe take weeks, months, years before you come to your senses and realize what he was trying to do to get you up and out of a mess you put yourself in and to get you planted where you can submit yourself to the gospel authority of someone who has rulership through that gospel message. Hallelujah. Amen. Now let's look down in, in verse 24, and we'll go back in our next session and work our way through all these verses, but this is an important topic today. It's so crucial. Most of the church not going to listen to any, anything that even deals with this. We, we going to stick our head in the sand like an ostrich and just hope it all goes away or I can make it to heaven <coughs> to, to, to you know, get through all this and I'll ignore all this and just be in heaven. Well, you know what? You're going to realize then how unprofitable it was for you if you didn't have a rule over you in the church. You got to remember that. It's going to be unprofitable for you, not just here, but at the judgment seat of Christ. Because we knew what we should have done, but we didn't. What does the Bible call that? When I know to do right, I see in the Word what is right, but I don't do what is right. The Bible says that is sin. Confirm it with another scripture? Good, I'm glad you asked. Anything not of faith, is sin. That means when the word comes, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, but if it doesn't move me, anything not of faith, anything that doesn't result in the fruit of faith, anything that's not of faith is sin. That's right. So watch this now, verse 24. Salute all them. That means greet all them that have the rule over you. And here he sees, he says, 
salute all them that have the rule over you. And here he's referring to just those even Sunday school teachers, although, but, but, it, but listen, praise and worship, it doesn't matter who it is. Those who have the rule hold the rule. They, they have the measure of faith. That's why it's called the rule, because it's measured a rule. That's what a rule is. It's, it's a, a measure of authority. That's what rulership is. You know what we that's why we call a little 12-inch thing a ruler. Because we rule with the measure of authority, that measure of faith we received, Romans 12 and 3. So whether no matter what person in leadership it is, those that speak the word of God over you, those that hold the things, the ministries together that they've been called to rule over, they do it with the word of God, not some, not some dominating attitude. If correction needs to be there, they do it with the word of the Lord, not out of context in some legalistic manner. They use the spirit of the word. Hallelujah. They share the word in the context of Jesus crucified. Hallelujah. That's the measure of authority, the measure of faith, we've been given and he says salute them greet them all that have the rule over you and all the saints they of Italy salute you so the rulership in the church is a reality for the most part it is abused how do I know where it's being abused where the gospel the message of the cross is not that which we all function in and through if our communion, not, not we say it is, if our communion is in the blood, if our communion, our fellowship is in the blood of Jesus, not we say it is, but it, that, that's what we're all about. That's what we sing about. That's what we worship about, praise God about. That's what we see written in the Word. We don't make the Word every chapter and verse about Jesus and what He did at Calvary. The Holy Spirit does that. The Holy Spirit does that because he only bears witness to the blood. So every word must be dipped in the blood. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, Matthew 4 and 4, Luke 4 and 4. But yet the, the life we live is only found in the blood of Jesus, in the death of Jesus. Life only comes out of death. And that means any expression of the life of Christ you're going to experience has got to be and will only be if your faith is deliberately and consciously in the death of Jesus. That makes it the Holy Spirit at work and not you because we can deceive ourselves and be doing good deeds and calling it the Holy Spirit. But lost people can do good deeds that men recognize we need to remember these things. Rulership in the church is a reality. Those in rulership places are giving an account to the Lord for those who bring joy to his heart, those who bring grief to his heart. That's a reality. It's in the Bible. It wasn't just for the early church. It's for the church age all the way through until Jesus comes for us. So we need to find our place where the Lord plants us. He says in the Bible, to the, one of the letters to the church in Corinth, that it pleases the Lord where he plants us in the body. 
And Psalms 92, I believe it is, says they that be, uh, we need to be planted in the house of the Lord so that we can flourish in the courts of our God. There is no planting except in the likeness of the death of Jesus. Romans 6, 4, and 5. So wherever we're planted, we're going to be hearing a lot about where God planted us in the likeness of the death of his son. We're going to be hearing the word of God in the context of his son and what his son did at Calvary. Because through that avenue alone comes the faith we live by. Through that avenue alone comes the authority that rulers are given to rule over congregations. Not any other authority. Not any other authority. Personal words of prophecy are not God's words of authority. What's written in the Bible is God's words of authority. Not some personal word of prophecy. God told me to tell you you're going to Africa and you need to be gone within two weeks. Unless the Lord was already dealing with you about that and telling you that, that's not any authority that you have to submit to. You probably not even should be listening to those people at all. But you need to be listening to people who open the word and present the power of the gospel. It's not just for the lost, but for the saved. Paul wrote to the church in Rome. You can read it in chapter 1, the book of Romans, to an already saved church, spirit-filled church, said, I can't wait to get there to preach the gospel to you, to impart something to you. Because I'm not ashamed of the gospel, my friend. Even though it saved me, I hadn't gone on without it. I'm hanging on to it. Hallelujah. And I know those that have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church in these last days were able to glean from this teaching today. And I encourage you to share these things. Don't be ashamed of the gospel, the power of it. Don't be ashamed of those who are preaching it and teaching it. Share it on social media. Just maybe... God might cross somebody's path with this teaching and they end up saying, I knew it. This is what I've been looking for. This is what I've been wondering about. Thank you, Lord. So don't be ashamed to share these teachings because it's not about me and you. It's about Jesus and what he's offering to his people because what we're seeing here is just the avenue that the Lord wants to pour out on us blessings. And we prevent ourselves. We forfeit many blessings by hearing the word, but not doing the word. And the Bible calls that sin, my friend. God bless you. I'm so glad today. Sorry about the technical difficulties and the late start this morning. Always something here. But we're going to press on and endure because we have got a great God. We've got a great Savior. We've got His Spirit dwelling in us. And every step we find to take, we're going to find it in the way of His righteousness. Praise the Lord. Uh, let me see. Tomorrow morning, cross time with Pastor Curtis, 9 a.m. Central Time. Don't forget to tune in. We're studying the great book of First Peter, and we're in chapter 3. And the Lord's going to continue to bless us there. If the Lord stirs your heart to be a blessing to this ministry, you can do that. It's between you and Him. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. We don't need your giving as much as you need to give. That's the truth of the Bible. We don't need your giving as much as you need 
to give to make yourself a part of the truth of the gospel going out all over the world. We praise God for every one of you who've become a person, a member. We don't call them media members. We call them saints in the amen corner. Hallelujah. So God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.